Before we get to me, I want to highlight Schaefer's Playbook of the Week, a weekly interactive educational series put on by our traders here at Schaefer's. A live session that you can tune into or download after. It's 50 minutes every Monday featuring a recap of the prior week, bullish and bearish watch lists, a stock of the week, what to watch in the week ahead, plus a whole bunch of educational musings on options and investing terms. Last week, senior market strategist Matthew Timpain, friend of the pod, talked bond markets, breadth, SPY open interest, and much more. This isn't even part of the ad read. It's awesome. I truly feel lost entering a week without it, and it's done in such a digestible, concise manner. It's the perfect tool to begin your options trading journey. Join us next week and realize all the benefits of starting your week off with Matt with a $10 trial to Schaefer's Playbook of the Week. $10. Once you see it, you'll love it. You'll qualify for a discounted membership to Bernie's premier live trading program. Head to the link in this episode's bio or call 1-800-448-2080 to sign up. That's 1-800-448-2080. Now, here's me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Schaefer's Market Mashup. No fun guests today, you're stuck with me. But I can go ahead and tell you that next week we will have senior market strategist Chris Preibel on, one of my favorite people just to shoot the shit with. So if you want him and I to discuss anything in particular, shoot us a message on Twitter or my email at pmartin at sir-inc.com and we'll try to cover it. This is going to be a bit of an experimental episode, so bear with me. Uh, my friends over at the Trap Draw, shout out to everyone at No Laying Up for the inspiration. They do these chop sessions almost you know, kind of in between their regularly scheduled interviews. They just hop from topic to topic without a whole lot of depth and just flag a bunch of interesting stuff for listeners. They bounce around to some fun stuff, serious stuff. It's all over the place, but the goal is just to really be broadly informed on a lot of happenings in the world. We're going to give that a stab today, but be warned, I am all over the place. Before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to my friend Jack Goblersh, aka Juice, who made the nifty little intro and outro music that you hear on this episode since its beginning. Uh, Jack is one of the most talented dudes I know. I've known him, played soccer with me back in college. We've kept in touch over the years. Uh, and hopefully he can continue to help us out as this pod starts to evolve. Cheers to you, Jack. Okay, first up, let's talk earnings season. It is Wednesday, October 26th. So we've got a couple of big tech earnings that came in. Google was down around 7% at last check. Amazon was down 4.5%. They report after the close on Thursday. Microsoft also down roughly 7 Much pain there. Meta is coming up after the close today. Can't wait to see what's going what that's going to bring. Everyone's kind of bracing for it to suck. I don't think I'm alone when I say it's always a little fun to have Zuck eat some humble pie. So that's three fangs down, if you count Microsoft as one of the fangs. Three to go with uh, Netflix 
the only one so far that has a post-earnings pop. Apple is also after the close on Thursday as well. So between that and Amazon, I'll bet you those two reports will tie into any Friday gains or losses. So keep an eye out for that. It's notable that if you look at a heat map right now, the Dow is cruising up almost 300 points. The only ones in the red is big tech. Uh, NASDAQ was slightly lower, but it keeps pairing those losses. You know, these, these giants are getting their teeth kicked in, but everything else keeps on choking. We'll have Chris on next week to unpack some of these reports. Let's switch over and talk lithium. Last week's chart of the week, which subscribers can get in their inbox every Sunday night, was one of like the most enjoyable things I've ever written. I knew jack shit about lithium, the mining process, the whole supply and demand side to it. I knew nothing. It was fascinating to just do this deep dive. And I definitely see it as a, a little window into the future, and that stuff always excites me. I'll repost the entire article tomorrow on our website, but I did flag couple of these companies, I want to put them on everybody's radar. Albemarle, ticker ALB, Piedmont Lithium, ticker PLL, Lithium Americas, ticker LAC, and Livent, ticker LTHM. LTHM in particular, as I noted in the article, had pulled back to this historically bullish trend line that senior quantitative analyst Rocky White supplied. Uh, and then there's also the Global X Lithium and Battery Tech ETF, ticker LIT, that probably should be added to your watch list. want to check and see how these guys are doing lately. So LAC is up 9.3% in the last three months. Jeez. Livent is up 27% or 27.9% in the last three months. Albemarle, ALB, is up 20%, and PLL is up 52% in the last three months. Woo, that is very interesting. And LIT, the ETF that tracks basically this these tech used to power the electric vehicles, they are down 6.4% uh, in the last three months. Nevertheless, that's still very interesting. Fascinating stuff, the way lithium is mined and the technology needed to uncover it efficiently. For sure, something that you know the future will have a lot of exposure to. When I was looking up LIT, it brought back just a, a, a fun debate with our digital content group here at Schaefer's about the best tickers on Wall Street. And so I just want to run through a couple right now that I, I love. Oh, geez, there you go. Um, Southwest, LUV. That's always loved that because Southwest, I've never had the best time there. It's not like my favorite airline, but hey, if you're going to run with the ticker love. For Kronos Group, ticker C-R-O-N. Uh, that's a marijuana company, Kron. Got to love that. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, ticker BUD, BUD, again, classic, stronger than new rope. National Beverage, ticker FIZZ, right on point there. They understood the assignment. Harley-Davidson, ticker HOG. Uh, there's a natural gas ETF called Boyle, which, 
yeah, that's very it's pretty clever. I like that too. Um, what else there? Oh, Petco, Wolf. I think that might be my favorite of all time. Um, if you ever do a deep dive on this on Google, be careful. There's a lot of super inappropriate ones. Uh, and if anyone listening can think of something else, I'd, I'd love to hear it. If you've been reading our site, which I hope you have if you're, if you're listening here, you know we like to start every month with some QA data compiled as always by Rocky White. Stick tap to Rocky. Uh, but I'll give you a sneak peek of some of the best and worst stocks for November since Rocky just sent the table over literally 10 minutes before this is this went live. I see General Motors, ticker GM, with an average gain of 6% uh, in, the last six, or in the last 10 years with a 95% positive rate. Uh, Starbucks and Costco in the retail space, they historically outperform in November. Uh, as far as worst, I see a lot of electricity stocks. Tickers FE, ED, EXC, SO, DTE. That's definitely something I want to ask Chris about if there's some something macro going on there. Also see that semiconductors are the best performing ETF by far with a 5.5% November average return and a 90% win rate. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot more to talk about that in the coming months, so we'll just leave that there. Do want to hit on a couple other odds and ends that I'm keeping tabs on. The VIX keeps going lower, uh, now on track for four out of its last five days in the red and back below 30. And I don't want to unpack a lot of this now because I need people much smarter than myself to, to help tackle it, but I did see that the Bank of Canada and now the Bank Bank of Mexico have eased their rate hike cycle, uh, joining all the Bank of Australia to do that. Uh, we have our own Fed meeting next week, November's first and second, and you know there's pressure from Senator Sherrod Brown about easing back. It's you know something to watch. Also on tap in the beginning of November, we have Election Day. We'll have tons of content about that coming up. I will say keep an eye out for our indicator of the week, which looks at how the S&P 500 performs around Election Day. Um, and then also Schaefer's senior VP of research, Todd Salamone, had an interesting note. This isn't Election Day, really. It's more political adjacent. But he noted that the SPX's 3850 level uh, was when President Joe Biden took office. And that level has been in play all week and definitely something to keep an eye on going forward. Let's see what else we have here. This is literally just a list of stuff that I've bookmarked on Twitter, on my tabs, just to explore later. I have a bookmarked tweet from August about China's real estate market. It's had no clue it was so freaking massive. Uh, its total value stands at $60 trillion, which is roughly two times our housing market and more than our entire equity market. Uh, the S&P is predicting a 30% of drop in that. I would love to have someone on and help unpack that for me, but yeah, that sounds pretty scary. There was a article last week on Gizmodo that I absolutely loved. Uh, it talked about how physicists in Colorado got a quantum computer. Quantum computers are like the, it's like the golden, it's the next big thing, but it's technology that hasn't really been unearthed yet. 
Um, they used a Fibonacci pattern for laser pulses. That's so sick. Uh, what I gathered from that article, and, and I'm probably paraphrasing here, is that the quasi-periodic sequences were based on the Fibonacci pattern, uh, and that helped this system to power the quantum computer of like two distinct directions of time, and that creates a longer-lived quantum system. It's purely speculative tech. I loved it because hey, you know, we have Fibonacci retracement levels that we that we monitor here as one of our indicators that we like to use for support resistance. Uh, and as far as the applications for quantum, it's quantum computing is a purely speculative tech, but it does appear that Alphabet ticker GOOGL, aka Google, appears to be a leader in this technology, as is some of the big wigs like NVIDIA, ticker NVDA, IBM, all, all of the, the, the hot shots. There's a bunch of startups out there, but I don't, I'm not even going to give them the time. It's essentially like throwing darts at a dartboard. Um, oh, yeah. World Cup's coming up. You know I love that. I'm going to be doing some digging to see if there are any investing adjacent bits I can latch onto and chew on there. Not going to lie, it's the least excited I've ever been between the very obvious Googleable human rights issues you can research anywhere, plus the men's national team looks shambolic. But what I've found interesting is that you know it does raise a lot of ethical questions about the intersection between investing and human rights and social issues. It's kind of in the same vein as the live golf stuff. And hopefully Chris and I can tackle that next week. But the general question I keep asking myself is, is can you separate your investment thesis from your moral compass? You know, can you buy a call on Coca-Cola when they're one of FIFA's partners? Um, Netflix is coming out with a documentary all about FIFA's corruption, I think, early in November before the World Cup. Perfect ironic timing, by the way. But definitely something to kind of get you inundated and, and knowledgeable ahead of this global event. You know, as as pessimistic as I am about about it, it's still soccer, so you know I'm going to be tuning in. And I want to finish with some local flavor here. Um, the Kroger Albertsons deal that went, you know, that first broke earlier in October, mid October. You know, that was a jaw dropper for sure, but it's facing tons of political pressure um, for its antitrust legalities. Senators Liz Warren and, and Bernie Sanders penned a letter to the FTC. I saw that grocery store unions were pushing back. Um, there's a lot of headwinds that that deal is facing. Definitely something to keep an eye on is, is in the winter and in the summer and to see what happens there. Uh, and I'll end on a high note here. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, winners of was it for the last five and with the battle of ohio coming up on monday night after that it's the panthers who stink so chance to go six and three ahead of a you know grueling november and december in january that features bills and the chiefs um huge so if you haven't already check out my friends uh jay morrison and paul daner jr at the athletic uh, it's 72 dollars a year they run all sorts of deals but it's no doubt the best team content you can get out there and that's really it. I just wanted to check in with everybody and kind of put some stuff on, on your radar. 
uh, be sure to tune in for our episode with Chris. I can't wait to get him on and unpack a lot of the stuff that I started to talk about today. Cheers. Cheers.